Good afternoon, my friends. Happy Wednesday. The doctor is in the house. Welcome back to another episode of To Your Health with Dr. G. Oh my goodness. We're going to be talking amazing things about marvelous medical assistance today. Hey, welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Hear Me, Dr. G, on intellectualradio.com. We're here on Facebook Live. It's another glorious Wednesday, welcoming everybody back to my show. I tell you what, today's show, and I say it every week, but this week I really mean it. My panel is fierce. That's without a doubt. And I want you guys to go ahead and tag hashtag medical assistance today to talk about the support and the encouragement and really the the, the assistance and just the awesomeness, the sheer awesomeness. Me as a physician, uh, working with medical assistance every day helps me be a better me. And I tell you what, I'm so excited to give medical assistance a forum today, the spotlight to really talk about what they do, how they contribute to just healthcare in general, and really where this is going to lead to in the future. So I'm going to acknowledge our medical assistants that are out there that are doing their do, doing what they're doing, the women and men that really care about their patients and care about healthcare. So I'm super excited to have everybody here today. Again, my name is Mark Gomez. I'm a board-certified internal medicine physician practicing out of Edward Hospital. You can check me out on my website, www.drmarkgomez.com. I am so excited to be here today. Our gold level sponsor today, Suburban Gastroenterology Ltd. www.sgihealth.com. You're going to hear about them a little bit later. So here we are. We're, we're, we're on the heels of what we did last week. Uh, last week we celebrated my one year anniversary on this show, To Your Health with Dr. G. And I tell you what, we are just getting started. We're going to keep bringing more amazing health content for you, you, the viewer out there who wants to live better, who wants to feel inspired. Again, as I always say, as you have success in your health, you're more than likely to have success in your life. So again, we're going to come bring the thunder today. And again, we're talking about the framework of medical assistance. And so you're going to meet three amazing women today that are just, as I said at the beginning, hashtag fierce in what they do. And they truly care about their involvement with patients. And they truly care about health and well-being. Uh, they, they, are, they are individuals that are family individuals. They have family. They have loved ones but they still sacrifice themselves to help for the better good and care of others out there. So we're going to just have a great time today. So again, <clears throat> I want you guys to pay attention, of course, as usual, but I want you guys to share this video, share this message out there for others to create more awareness and create more engagement. Again, what we do on this show every week, we talk about building trust and delivering truth. So before we meet our panel today, I want to hit you with a quick disclaimer. Here we go. The content of To Your Health with Dr. G is for informational and entertainment purposes only, and that the content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, and or treatment. Further details can be found at www.toyourhealthwithdrg.com slash disclaimer. So here we are on this Wednesday. Hey, we're going to have a good time today. I know each of these individuals uh, personally, and I know a lot of the physicians that they work with. And so the physicians, I hope, are watching out there to see their amazing uh, colleagues uh, at this forum. And we're, all, we're always going to talk about health. We're going to talk about what we need to do to get better. But I really want to use this show as this opportunity today to really highlight the involvement and just the, the, the reality that medical assistants are part of the healthcare team. They're here to help you live a better life, without a doubt. So what I want to do is introduce my panel. They are all fierce. You're going to hear about them. And so we're going to get right into this because we're going to have a lot of fun today. Here we go. So my first guest, I've known her for a long time. And i got to tell you a side story uh, real quick. 
uh, we actually met uh, after I came back from vacation. Mm -hmm. And so in my medical practice, uh, actually, I had no idea we were interviewing for a medical assistant. And then as so I came in from vacation, and I remember at the time, uh, the manager at the practice said, hey, Dr. Gomez, we interviewed some candidates, uh, and you got to meet Liz. And she knocked, knocked everybody's socks off. And I kind of said, oh, I didn't know we were even interviewing, but that's all good. But Liz has been a blessing. Uh, I work with Liz primarily in my medical practice uh, on a daily basis, and she has been like my... My, 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 it's like I'm like Batman and she's like my Robin. And it's awesome. We work well together. She knows how I think. Uh, she knows what to expect. And so we just have a really good uh, flow. Uh, also, Liz has been an amazing asset because I have a large Spanish speaking population in my practice. And so uh, Liz is just getting the flow on bilingual style. Me too. It's all good. I don't think I've ever told that anybody on Two Years with Dr. G, but I am bilingual. And so we have a large Spanish speaking practice in my medical practice. So again, uh, Liz, I want to welcome you to the show. So let me read her credentials. Here we go, because she's fierce. Uh, Elizabeth Hernandez, she's a medical assistant, registered medical assistant. She's with Edward Elmer's Health. Check her out, www.eehealth.org. Liz, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. Hey, you bet. Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your background, where did you do your training, and really what does esteem today mean to you? Talk about like why you got into uh, your field of choice as a medical assistant. So I've been a medical assistant for about 12 years. Um, I went to uh, Olympia College. It was a fast accelerated course um, where you know, I learned that I really enjoy working with people. I, um, when I did my externship, I did it through the pediatric office. And it was, it was something that kind of made me feel important that I was making a difference in, in patients' life. And that's why I continue to do it, um, continue to do it now because it's, it's really fulfilling and it's nice when um, patients count on you and you can help the patient, um, you know, keep them healthy and prevent. I love how you said the word fulfilling because I really do think people uh, that are here today, everybody here is, has chosen their pathway for a reason, but they, they do it uh, out of the kindness of their hearts because they want to see people get better. And so that is that fulfillment. That's something that keeps me going every day. Uh, in my practice is I feel fulfilled in helping others. And at the end of the day, we're just people helping people. Uh, and that's really kind of the quintessential thing that unites us uh, and keeps us together in healthcare because we really care about the lives of those that we serve. So thank you, Liz, for coming on to the show. We're going to talk a little bit more later. I want to introduce you to my next guest. She is also fierce because, again, everybody on this panel is fierce today. There's no doubt about that. So I want to introduce my next guest. Her name is Elizabeth Harkins. She's a registered medical assistant at Suburban Gastroenterology, LTD. You can check her out at www.sgihealth.com. Uh, I want to tell a quick story before, uh, before I have Liz say a few opening words. Uh, uh, Liz uh, works with a, a great colleague of mine who's been on to your with Dr. G a couple times, uh, Dr. Darren Kasten, and he and I have known each other for about 12 years now. And when I reached out to, when I was coming up with this idea of coming up with this show today, and I reached out to Dr. Kasten, I said, hey, you got to get me your medical assistant. Uh, you guys see a ton of my patients in my practice, but give me somebody who can really talk about with passion about what she does. And, and he goes, I got the person. So, Liz, <laughs> welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Please tell me about like uh, where you did your where you did your training and and really um, why did you go into this profession and just your general thoughts on just being a medical assistant. Okay. Um, so really, my my training is school life. Um, you know, I I did my associate's degree at Front Range Community College. You know. Um, and I had worked in the medical field. I actually worked dermatology when I was 17 as a receptionist. 
um, and got into ophthalmology after that, and then um, vascular surgery, all um, doing receptionist type of work, but also kind of being trained, as I didn't realize it, in, in a lot of medical assisting um, experience. And then when I came uh, to Illinois, I started working for this uh, gastroenterology office, and um, Dr. Jane, Dr. Berger, some of the other you know amazing physicians, I think saw some potential and um, just you know helped me jump right in. And, and they've been fantastic at you know training um, you know pretty much everyone who comes through our doors um, in in being you know, a medical assistant and just the various things that we do there, um, just educating everybody um, on on how to be you know good with patients and how to help patients in so many different aspects. And, and it's just been um, I've always loved the medical field and always loved being helpful and contributing to taking care of people and it's just been, it's been wonderful. Excellent. So. Well, I'm glad to have you on the show today and I can't wait to talk a little more details in a little bit. Okay. I want to introduce you guys to my last guest. Uh, my last guest, her name is Cassidy Hope. She's a medical assistant, certified dermatology technician at the John Bull Center for Cosmetic Surgery and Laser Med Spa, Medispa. Check her out, www dupageplastics.com before I uh, 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 allow Cassie to talk real quick, I want to just tell her how I connected with her too. Um, just like with Liz, uh, our last guest, uh, I know Dr. John Bull, and I've known him for probably about 12 years. I think I actually met Dr. John Bull and Dr. Darren Cassidy at the same time when they joined the staff at Edward Hospital. And so I reached out to Dr. Dr. John Bull, uh, one of my trusted plastic surgeons, and said, hey, we're going to do a show about medical assistance and highlighting the importance of, of what they do, and can you give me somebody? And, of course, without, you know, without hesitation, he recommended you, and so I'm really glad to, glad to meet you. So welcome to the show, Cassidy. Hi, thank you for having me. I really enjoy coming out and being able to talk about being a medical assistant. Um, I have been a medical assistant for almost 10 years. It'll be 10 years in June. Um, I started off at an eye doctor, um, and that kind of pushed me to go to Everest College and get my associates in medical assisting. And from there, I went to dermatology and stuck there for seven years. And I'm now new to plastic surgery for the last year, and I just love being able to help patients transform, you know, into the best them that they could possibly be and be there to encourage and support them in every journey that they go into. Excellent. Well, thank you for coming out to the show, Cassidy. And so here you go. You guys just met the panel. And, and, and let, me, let me say this. Everybody's got an origin. Everybody's got a reason how they got into where they got to. You know, just like how we're talking about our origins here and what, uh, what our fine uh, panelists have, have, have done to get to this point in their lives, you out there, you have an origin too. You have a story. Remember, you know, your health journey is just part of your life journey. And so we want to give people, we want to hear your story. And I want people to tell their story. And I think when we all interact with patients, we want to hear their story. We truly do because we want to get them to the, whatever health goals they have. So, again, everybody's got that story. And I love hearing all of yours, you know, your origin story. So we're going to keep talking about this stuff. So now that you guys met the panel, we're going to get right into it. So usually how I start to show out after you meet the panel, I always talk about the chief complaint. When anybody comes into a medical practice, it's called the chief complaint. That's why somebody comes in. Uh, and we, we talk about that. So the chief complaint today, a.k.a. the question of the hour, is how do we, how do medical assistants contribute to the collective health of the populations we serve? And you already heard a little bit about 
uh, what they do from a panel. So we're going to get into some more details. So I want to ask this question to, to uh, we have two Liz's today, so i got to use the last name. So we're going to say, uh, Liz Hernandez, I want to ask you this question. First question for you. Describe a typical day in a medical office setting for you. So a typical day, um, it's, you know, you, it's, it's nice. Uh, you walk in, you always try to make sure that your rooms are stacked and everything, obviously, because you want the physician and the floor to go appropriately. Um, when you bring in the patient's bag, you bring the patient's bag, you, you interact with the patient. You're trying to, like you said, you're trying to get their story, why they're there, but you're also trying to make them as comfortable as possible because every situation that they come in, it, it could be, you know, they might look a certain way, but they can feel a different way. Um, so it's nice, um, you bring them back, you room them, you try to, again, connect with the patient. Um, we're always doing lots of things. Um, we're doing tests in the office. We do a lot of um, small procedures in the office, which can include, you know, flu swaps and things like that. EKGs, those are very interesting. Those are nice. Um, and we do blood draws. So um, we do all of that. But we also have, you know, um, things that we do, um, paperwork. Um, we help the physician. We help you with the, with the paperwork and making sure that the patient gets what they need every time they come into the office. Excellent. I want to ask the same question to Liz Harkins. Describe a typical day in the office for you. Because uh, those days are fun. Are typical? <laughs> <laughs> They're not. <laughs> Sometimes you never know what you're going to get, but you, know, you meet, a, meet a group of characters. There's no doubt about that, but having fun at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah, no, a, a clinic day for us, you know, it, it's very busy. And, yeah, you know, we're, we're greeting patients. We're bringing them in. We're trying our best to make them feel as comfortable as possible. You know, it, I always hesitate to ask that question, you know, how are you today? Because if you're coming to see us, you're not usually feeling your best, you know. Um, but generally trying to interact with them in a way that, that does put them at ease, um, you know, letting them know that, you know, we're, we're interested in, in what's going on with them and that we care and, um, you know, making sure that we've answered all their questions once the doctor has seen them, um, you know, following up on calls. We get a lot of calls, so your patients, you know, have new problems or, or you know, problems that are continuing that they need, you know, uh, some more answers for or some more research on. Um, and, you know, we're working our best to answer those calls and, and, you know, make sure that we're getting back to our patients. Um, you know, we're ordering tests and medications. We're doing prior authorizations and paperwork. Um, you know, scheduling patients, just, just kind of a variety of different things each day. Excellent. Thank you very much. And Cassidy, why don't you tell us a typical day like you in the medical office? Yes. What's it like? So a good portion of our patients are cosmetic. So when we bring them back, you know, we want to kind of do it in a timely fashion, make sure that they're comfortable knowing that they are here to see us because, not because they have to, but because they want to. And... So we bring them back, we talk with a little bit, make sure, you know, we know why they're there and um, that they're comfortable with whatever they're coming there for, whether the procedure or their pre-op or their post-op, and then, you know, making sure we answer questions after a doctor or I see them um, for their pre-op and post-ops and, you know, making sure that they're comfortable going into the procedure and comfortable, you know, afterwards and making sure that all their questions are answered and, you know, doing insurance, for our non-cosmetic patients, and um, it's, it's a busy time. Yeah, well, I tell you what, the great thing that I like about this panel today is that you all represent a different aspect of medicine. We have uh, we have Liz, Liz, Liz Hernandez representing uh, internal medicine in my practice, we have Liz Harkins representing gastroenterology, we have Cassie Dope representing plastic surgery, and so this just tells you, first and foremost, 
medical assistants can do a lot of different things and there's so many options out there. So why don't we talk a little bit about that? You know, you know, how did you know that you wanted to kind of go into this field? I'm going to ask that question to Liz Harkins. You know, you know, you had that some experience doing other things, but then you said, you know, you ended up there. Did you just kind of naturally fall that way uh, into gastroenterology? And let me ask the second question: What's the best thing you like about gastroenterology? Um, I like with gastroenterology that it feels like there's always things changing. Like there's always new developments. There's always new medicine. There's always new um, treatments, and it feels like there are no two cases that are the same. I mean, really and truly, somebody can come in with the same symptoms and issues, but they can be completely different problems. They can be, you know, completely different uh, medical uh, issues. And, um, you know, how you go about treating them is differently and how you go about, you know, discovering that is different. Um, and yeah, initially, um, I didn't even come into my practice, you know, to be an MA, I came in as like, a, I uh, had interviewed for a pathology specialist you know, to, to kind of follow through, you know, tracing where pathology came from and stuff and, and making sure we got that back. That's what I'd done previously. And um, so when they started training me as an MA, um, I just really latched onto it, really enjoyed it. And um, then it was kind of like, okay, well, we would like to have you, you know, since you've been here for five years, we, we can get you registered. Since you have the experience now, um, you have to take this test. Well, this test is not an easy test. You have to actually really know your stuff. And so... In, in, in studying for this test, I learned a whole lot, and it was it was really amazing. It's just I crave this this learning more and more, and and I, again I will just go on and on about the, the doctors at SGI because they're constantly encouraging us, they're constantly setting up um, employee education for us to you know just tell us you know these these are the things that we know now, these are the things that we're learning, these are the new developments. Um, they encourage us to, to go to different webinars and seminars, you know, to, to continue learning and, and gathering that information to bring back to use for our patients. Like, they, they care. They're not just sitting, you know, oh, this is what we've learned. We're going to sit in this. This is it. You know, they're not stale. They, they keep learning. They keep grabbing that new medical information, the new technology and everything, and, and they care about what's best for their patients, which I think is awesome. I think the great thing is that, you know, you have to be flexible in what you do, but you also have to know that the pathway of learning has to keep going. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we have to evolve. We can't be stuck in our ways because technology is evolving or there's new ways to approach medical conditions, so we have to stay in your game. Just as much as physicians, me as a physician, I have to stay on top of things by going to conferences and, and, and webinars and things like that, but you guys also have to be uh, at the top of your games as well, too, and staying, staying up to date. So let me ask this question to Liz Hernandez. How do you kind of stay up to date uh, in your ability to do what you do best? Um, same thing. We have um, we have uh, some meetings where we learn um, specifically because there's a lot of new medications and in internal medicine. You deal with a lot of chronic conditions, diabetes, asthma, and other things. So um, we do have meetings where we learn about medications, new medications that are coming out. Um, and then so, and what I like too is that the providers are not stuck with just the old medications, but they're looking ahead and they're learning that there's different medications to treat different conditions, which is very nice. There's different options for different patients. Um, so that's, that's nice for us to learn, um, uh, keeping up with medications. Also, um, for the recertification for the um, RMA, you do have to have some um, CEUs. 
So it's about 12, um, 12 CEUs that we have to do, and these are articles that we read, just making sure that we stay updated with the new technology things that are coming out, maybe new techniques, and those are things that we can also bring back to the office. I know one of our newer things that we have in our office, which is really neat, um, which is our hemoglobin A1C machine, and that one just gives the provider and the patient that much faster of a response on, uh, on how they're doing on their diabetes. And so that's one way that we um, keep in touch and we keep learning and expanding and not just, like you said, stuck in our old ways. You know, one of the things that I, I remember us doing a lot, I'm so happy that we finally got one of those hemoglobin A1C machines in the office, we've been waiting, waiting for forever. But things that, you know, I think about our interaction since, since we've worked together for so long, you know, when I will maybe give an injection or a new diabetes medicine right on the spot, I can say, all right, Liz, come watch me do this, and then you know how to do that, and then educate the patient so the next time around, you can do it. But, you know, the old saying, see one, do one, teach one, and then you can teach it to the next person around. So uh, I think that's been an awesome thing, just to kind of share the knowledge. Let me ask this question to Cassidy. You know, you're in plastic surgery, so there's like a lot of stuff coming out mm -hmm. all the time. Different kind of beauty products, different kind of, kind of injectables, different kind of fillers. Mm -hmm. You know, you know I, I think it's got to be exciting to see all the things that are out there or different ways how they're approaching things of yesteryear, yesteryear where it's like whether it's like acne treatments or other kind of cosmetic type stuff that's done. Um, so tell us a little bit about just kind of, I mean, it's, it's like the dynamic is always changing in plastic surgery. Tell us about that a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's new technology for different lasers, um, different lipo machines. I mean, there now we, there's Pronox, so we can do more in-office procedures. Um, I mean, it's constantly evolving different, you know, line product lines are coming in, um, reps are coming in trying to show us the products, and, you know, we do lunches, we do, you know, the reps come in, they talk to us about their new products, they'll email us, you know, it's, it's always changing, and, you know, it's for the better, and, you know, we still keep around our great products that we enjoy and love, and different technologies, and we still evolve into the new ones as well. Excellent. So one of the things I want to make sure I tell people that are out there listening to the show, chances are when you go see your doctor, uh, the first person you're going to see after you check in, of course, your front test person, but the first clinical person you're going to see most likely is a medical assistant. That is a fact. So I want to make sure that, that, that people know that. Uh, but the medical assistants are so well trained in what they do, and as we have a, have a kind of a representation on the panel here, there's so many facets of of what they do and how good they are, but again, still, still setting the record straight that you guys are part of the care team, which is an amazing thing. So I want to ask this question. You know, we all had our first day on the job, and I'll tell you kind of my first day on the job. You know, there's no doubt when you first start doing something, your learning curve goes up tremendously day one, and it's kind of like the training wheels are taking off. And I remember as a resident, you know, I was always protected by the attending physician who would be kind of the ultimate. Uh, backstop, so to speak, when we dealt with patients. And so when I got into clinical practice, the first day, you're like, hey, you are, you are, you know, for me as a doc, I was like, you are the boss. You know, you're the one that's making the final call and everything. Uh, and so there's a learning curve that happens with any kind of thing uh, at that time. So my learning curve when I first started was just gone up tremendously because you're the one that's truly delivering the care. Now, for any career, including medical assistance, there's a learning curve. You know, you start out as a student, and then you, you're ready to rock and roll. And you, you graduate, and you are ready to go. Training was off. So I want to ask this question. I'll start with, I'll start with Liz Hernandez. What was your first day like when you, were, uh, when you were ready to go, truly a registered medical assistant? 
Was it just chaos? Do you, do you remember that day? Was it was it was it was it fun? Was it was it nerve wracking? So it, you can never forget. I mean, it was. I was very nervous. I, I was super excited because it was my first day. I was excited. I had my scrubs on. I was ready to go. My stethoscope, everything. Um, but when you first call that patient back, when is the first time you're calling a patient back? It's like your heart drops, and then you're like, oh, my God, okay, I've got the patient now. Now, what do I do? Okay, remember, you have to do the weight. You have to do this. So there's a lot of things going through your mind. You're trying to keep everything straight. It is chaotic. It's nothing like when you're at school. When you're interacting with the patient, though, uh, once you're in the room and you're interacting with the patient, it kind of calms down. It, it, it gets a lot better. Um, again, I really like, I enjoy that one-to-one um, -one with the patient, so it, it relaxes you, and you just start doing what you know what to do what you were trained to do, so doing your vitals, getting the history, knowing what questions to ask, um, appropriate to why they're there. So it, it was it was nerve-wracking, but I enjoy every moment of it. Actually, so it was, it was fun. I have to tell you a funny story. When I first started, I started out mainly in the hospital, and so for the first two weeks, this is a fact, uh, the first, it's the truth, the first two weeks, I didn't know I was supposed to bill for the hospital services. Nobody told me. As a resident, you did not get that. You did not get that training. So I remember it was, it was in my second week of practice, and um, and I'm walking around, and then our manager at the time said, "Dr. Gomez," they're like, "Dr. G, where where are your hospital charges?" And I said, "What hospital charges?" And she goes, "The hospital charges you're supposed to charge because you saw a patient in the hospital every day." I said, "I'm supposed to charge?" You know, and so, so I was like, "Oops!" And then you know, you try to think about. How many thousands of dollars did I not charge somebody, and am I going to get in trouble from the hospital at this point? Because uh, you know, I'm trying to figure out what did I see that person for? Because I can't remember. You're seeing patients, and so uh, again, uh, that was my kind of learning curve. And said, all right, I gotta, I gotta. But but for me, from my end, the mentorship wasn't there, and so you know, when you start anything new, you know, you want to have that mentorship. It sounds like you had a great experience. Uh, so you knew what to do on day one. I did not know what to do on day one as far as, I knew what to do as far as medical care. I didn't know what to do as far as charging any services. So let me ask this question to Liz Harkins. Do you remember your first day? Um, mostly. I think, like, it depends on which side you're on. So we have our clinical side. We also have our procedure side. Um, I can tell you the, the clinical side, I think, has always gone very smoothly for me, I think. Uh, we've, I've had a very good training over there, taking patient vitals, you know, interacting with the patients has always been very good. I do remember my first day over on our procedure side um, as, as one of our discharge techs, we call them, um, which is like the person who kind of helps check vitals when the patient comes out of their procedures. And one of their duties was to help um, get the saline bags ready. And um, I forgot to close the saline bags when I was getting them all together. So as they were, you know, dripping all over the floor, all over, all over the <laughs> cupboards, you know, the, the nurse is kind of looking at me bewildered, like, what did you do? And I'm just like, I, I don't know. And oh my goodness, yeah, that was, that was a memorable first time over there. So I did not forget to close them after that experience, though. So Every day is a learning opportunity. There's no doubt. And you learn real quick in that way. I sure did. Uh, Cassidy, did you remember your first day? I do. It was at the dermatology office, and the first day they threw me in with another medical assistant, and he pretty much handed me the laptop and was like, okay, you're now scribing. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time I ever had to scribe for the doctor, and the doctor talked like a million miles mm -hmm. per minute. And I'm like, 
okay, I don't know terminology yet in dermatology. I don't know like all the spelling and I was like, oh man, this is going to be horrible. So I'm like, just, I opened up Word and I just started typing little words in between. I was like, I will revisit this afterwards with the other medical assistant because hopefully they're listening. Mm -hmm. Luckily they were and they're like, yeah, it's like this all day long. You're going to get used to how fast he talks. And I was like, okay, cool. But did you catch that? Because <laughs> I didn't want to get in trouble. And luckily the doctor was really cool and was like, okay, well, we'll restep it. And he went a little bit slower the first time. And after that, it was a breeze. Excellent. And again, we you learn. There's no doubt the learning curve had trial by fire. Mm -hmm. But but I think it's a great thing. It's like as you have any kind of experience in life, you know, the more you do something, the more comfortable you get. Right. And it just becomes more second nature. I want to take a quick moment to acknowledge Suburban Gastroenterology LTD. When gastrointestinal problems are keeping you from living the life you love, get the experience, leading-edge care, and individualized attention you deserve with the physicians at Suburban Gastroenterology. These specialists are experienced in treating disorders of the gastrointestinal system, liver, and pancreas. They are skilled in endoscopy, colonoscopy, and the newest techniques of advanced therapeutics. Their state-of-the-art endoscopy facility, Midwest Endoscopy Center, is conveniently located at the Suburban Gastroenterology location of 1243 Rickert Drive, Naperville, Illinois. Contact the practice today at 630-527-6450 or visit their website at sgihealth.com or mechealth.com. And I want to thank Suburban GI for being the goal level sponsor of the show today. And so you're listening here. We're here right now uh, live on Facebook. We're here at Intellectual Radio Studios. And we're having this ongoing discussion with my marvelous medical assistants. So I want to ask this question. Let's keep this discussion going because I think we're having a good time. And we really want people to know uh, exactly what you guys are doing uh, to help continue to promote health at all levels. So let me ask this question. I'm going to ask this question. I'll come back at uh, I'll start with Liz Harkins. Let's start with this question. It's more of a general question. I ask this every week on the show. But what do you think the state of like healthcare is right now? Not, not we're not talking political or none of that kind of stuff. We're not talking about that. But we realize that there are chronic medical conditions that affect a lot of people. There's the diabetes, rising diabetes, uh, cardiovascular disease, still the number one killer. It's been like that for a long time. Cancer, number two killer. You know what can we do to live healthier lifestyles? What's your thoughts on that? Generally speaking. Generally speaking, I, I think a lot of it is educating people and making healthcare available to them. Um, I think a lot of times people um, don't realize, you know, that something they're dealing with is, is a serious medical condition. Um, you know, they we tend to ignore a problem until we can't ignore it anymore. And um, I think a lot of times too that there are, you know, patients who think that they can't get any help or they don't know where to turn. Um, you know, and and. Patients don't even have primary care physicians sometimes, you know, they just immediately start going, okay, I have this problem, well, who's the specialist I see? Um, so I, th I think it's about, you know, starting with the basics, you know, get a primary care physician and get your annual physicals and, and establish care with somebody. Excellent. Uh, Liz Hernandez, you know, you and I, we work together every day and we see health uh, challenges all the time. Uh, the rising epidemics that I just mentioned. You know, the good thing about in primary care is where you're kind of your first line of defense. What's your thoughts about just kind of the state of, of health? You know, we see chronic disease burden every day. What are things that people can be doing out there from your perspective? You see health. You see challenges of health on a daily basis. What do you think we need to be doing to get healthier? Again, I, I agree with Elizabeth about the education, getting our patients educated. Um, when we do have our patients, you know, try to be more pro, uh, be as proactive as possible, trying to give them the um, tools, um, preventative, um, you know, like the 
getting their screenings done um, to help prevent any big issues in, in the future. Um, again, but just the education, making sure that they understand. I know a lot of the time there's a lot of um, myths specifically with um, our culture, the Hispanic culture or different cultures. We just don't have most of the time the education to understand what can happen when we don't preventative care. Um, so again, just the uh, being more mindful, um, trying to teach or inform patients as much as we can when we do have them in the office. And I think that will, once you explain it to the patient, they understand. Um, but you need to really relay what the risks are. Um, and I think that's part of our, our job as a medical assistant to really encourage patients to go out there and get screenings. Um, I know my mom, I've been trying to get them like, you need your colonoscopy. Come on lady, you're 50 years old, you need it. Um, and most of the time it's because of our culture, we don't tend to do those testings. And it's, we just have to ed educate them of the high risks that are um, specifically for certain you know, ethnicities and um, it's hard too with, like she said about the health insurance, unfortunately not, there's not a lot of um, health insurances that will, um, are affordable maybe for some patients sometimes, so making that affordable would definitely help um, the patients uh, healthy. And yeah, get in for your physical, that's uh, the first key. Absolutely, I always say that to my patients. First things first, anybody out there listening, if you haven't had a physical in more than a year, uh, go see a primary care doctor, get your physical, invest in yourself and invest in your health. I want to ask the same question to Cassie again. You wear a little bit of a different hat mm -hmm. uh, because a lot of stuff, a lot of plastic surgery stuff is uh, cosmetic, but there are medical based medical reasons for a lot of different things too. But you're also a medical assistant, so you can you can comment on health. What are some things from your perspective that we need to do to be healthier as a society? Um, education, like they both said, is key and encouraging our patients to um, follow through, for instance, you know, if they come in and they want, you know, to have a procedure done, you know, we want you to go see your primary, we want you to get medical clearance, we want you to have your labs and your EKGs, and encouraging them to follow the proper steps to living a, a healthier lifestyle will also, you know, with their help with their healing process and things like that. So, I mean, we definitely encourage and educate our patients, and we want them to understand the importance of, you know, being healthy. So, you know, two things that I think about personally, I think about equity and I think about access. And the reality is that there's still inequities and still challenges with access to get into the medical system. Uh, sometimes to even see your primary care doctor, a lot more times to even see your specialty provider. And so we want to try to level the playing field. It's like having conversations like this are allowed uh, to, to create the engagement that we want to do out there and then allow for hopefully definitive action. And hopefully as we do things collectively, we can now have this cumulative effect of lowering disease burden. But it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a challenge, but I think we're able to rise to the occasion, but we have to want to get there. And I'm going to talk about investing in yourself. One of the things that I do every morning, I take a few moments to myself. I've talked about it on this show. I try to do something called star fishing. And it sounds, like, it sounds really funny, doesn't it? But you star fish in the morning. You just kind of stretch out. You kind of tell yourself, hey, uh, I got this. You know, it's almost like you have to, have, have to kind of talk to yourself. I've got this. I'm ready to go through my day. Uh, I'm going to take what my day gets me, gives me. And I'm going to um, try to wait to continue to persevere. We can only take it one day at a time. If you think too much about the future, you're wasting energy thinking about something that may not even happen in the first place. And think about in the past, you can't change the past. So we can think about today, and that's what uh, Liz Hernandez said, being mindful of things. So we want to make sure that we have that kind of mindset to make 
the difference down the road. So I want to do I want to do this. You know, we've been talking about again the theme of the show today is marvelous medical assistance, and I mentioned at the beginning of the show that you are all busy individuals, uh, families, lives outside of medicine. So I want to ask a little kind of a little personal because it's not like crazy personal stuff, but I want to know you a little bit more. But so let's talk about this. How do you handle stress in life? Uh, but not only just stress in life, because there's stress on the job too. So how do you kind of What's your kind of approach? So I'm going to ask that question to Liz Harkins first. What's your approach kind of balancing stress on the job? And reality is there's stress in life. So, you know, what, what do you kind of do? I pray a lot. Okay. Hey, that's all right. You got to do what you got to do. I do. Um, but also, um, you know, listening to music uh, helps me kind of sometimes get in that zone. Um, deep breathing, you know, sometimes just taking a walk around. Um, you know, if I feel like I'm dealing with something, maybe I'm... You know, getting together with whether it's colleagues at work or friends and family at home, just kind of going through and talking out. You know what's going on. Don't don't keep that stuff in. Just kind of you know having having go-to people so that I'm not just all processing it internally. Yeah. Uh, I think sometimes the perception with people in the medical field or in healthcare is that um, is that you know we're people too, and so yeah, so we you know people are worried about their health. Our patients are worried about their health. And a lot of times we try to take the burden off the shoulders of our patients mm -hmm. because of what they're going through. But we have to make sure we take care of ourselves too as, as, as members of healthcare teams. <laughs> Let me ask this question to Liz Hernandez. What's like your work-life balance? How do you kind of achieve that? Um, again, uh, I like to start off the day. I always start off, it's going to be a positive day. It's going to be a great day. And what do you project is what you're going to get. So when I'm at work, it does get stressful because you have to deal with a lot of things. Uh, the patients, um, refills, uh, prescriptions, um, a lot of things. So it does get stressful, but I feel that I work best actually when I'm doing things. And that kind of soothes me. If It's weird, I know. But the, if, I get, if I get caught up on things, sometimes it does get very stressful. Again, I just walk around and I, I just walk around and I say, you know, I just need to walk. And I'll walk around. Dr. Gomez will be looking for him. I'm, I'm here. I'm coming. But it's you kind of. It's need true. To, I'll say, Liz, where are you? You just need to walk. You need to, I talk to other people. I I like to talk to the front staff. Um, at home, I like to enjoy the kids. We play sports. We do activities, and that will relax me tremendously. Um, talking to my husband. Sometimes I talk his ear out. Although when I ask him if he understood or heard what I said, he's like, mm, uh huh. But as long as you, as long as you say it, and again, you don't keep it like you said. That's. That helps a lot. Excellent. Yeah. Cassidy, how do you kind of balance out work-life balance? Um, well, I do have an hour ride home. So I like to turn the radio off and just be relaxed and peace in my own thoughts and just think about the day. Um, for instance, you know, driving home from work, I think about the day, what could have, you know, what could have you know, better, how I can improve for the next day, or driving to work from home, you know, I think about, okay, life home you know is different than my work life so i like to leave that at the door make sure you know the stress from home with the kids in the morning trying to make sure everybody eats properly and gets dressed ready for school is kind of left at the door and just you know taking time to relax and be in my own head for a minute i like how you know for me and i know you all would agree it's like you know when you get into work in your element you know you're you're we are all professionals here today in what we do and we put ourselves out there, but we, we stay laser focused on what we do because we're in it to help our patients uh, do better with themselves and that completes us. But at the same time, you know, when you go home, when I go home, 
I love the fact that, hey, I'm home. This is good. And it's almost like when I pull into my driveway or even on the ride home, I feel like a, a balloon that's, that's like, you know, it's full and ev uh, of everything at, at the office. And then it just slowly deflates and I'm back in my zen state back at home. And then, of course, I open the door and my kids are screaming. So then all of a sudden those stress levels go back up. But that's all right. That's just me. Anyways, but I like this. So let me ask this question. How do you guys keep doctors on task? And so I want to ask this question to Cassidy first. How do you keep your doctors on task and on schedule? Um, it's hard, but um, just going in, you know, he'll finish with one patient. I'll give him a few minutes to do his charting, and then I'll go, and I'll just say, hey, you know, we have this patient in room one or room two. You know, this is what they're here for. You know, kind of talk about it real quick, and then I kind of prompt him of why the patient's here and, you know, if they have any concerns, things like that, and then that way he doesn't walk in and it's just, you know, a big, you know, patient kind of doesn't blow up, but, you know, like, just blurts everything out to him, he kind of has an idea and it makes things go a little bit smoother. Excellent. Liz Harkins, how do you keep my good friend Dr. Darren Casson on task and on schedule? I have to give him credit. He he himself is, is very good about trying to stay on time and, and he likes to get things done and, and not have them hanging around. But we actually have a really good system at our office of just um, you know, having a good system and flow at the front of our office as much as possible to, you know, get paperwork done. If it's not done, we don't worry about it. Like, hey, bring it back with you. We're going to fill it out as we go. We help the patient out in the room, you know, as, as the medical assistant. Let's go through the questions together. Let's get that done as quickly as we can. If not, again, no big deal. We're not going to pressure you because um, we, we want to keep, you know, on time as much as we can because your time is valuable as, as ours is. And, um, you know, and again, just like afterwards, okay, if you take the time you need to finish that, you know, there's no pressure there. Um, but, you know, sometimes we do run behind, and when we do, we just reassure the patients that, you know, we haven't forgotten about you. We try to make sure we maintain that contact with them, that, hey, we know that you're here, and, um, you know, we're going to take as much time as we need to to answer all your questions, too. So. Excellent. Uh, Liz Hernandez, uh, how, do I, how do you keep me on time? Uh, I don't know the answer to that one. How do you keep me on time and on task? So, you know, sometimes it's sometimes it's really easy. Sometimes it depends on the day because you're a very mindful doctor. You like to spend the time with the patient, answer their questions, and that's how it should be. Um, I know I, when I go to my doctor's office, I like it. I feel better when I get all my questions answered. Um, but we, I try to room the patient as soon as they check in. Again, if they still have paperwork to fill out, they can fill it out in the room, and they know that. Um, once they're in the room, I try to get... Um, you know, through my parts, um, try to get you as much information, of, as much things done before you go in, so that you're not asking for things that should have been done already. Um, so just bring bring in the patient back as soon as possible. Um, one thing I, I like to do is Dr. Gomez will go in a room, and you know the next patient will is maybe is they're due to come back, um, and he says, just give me five minutes. I'm like, okay, sure, I'll give you five minutes. As soon he's, as he goes into the room, the other patient's coming in, yeah. because that's going to keep us in time. That's yeah. going to keep us in time, and um, I feel that continuity, can, can, uh, it just makes the flow uh, a lot better, and I still feel you don't get rushed, because you still spend the time you need with each individual patient, so it's good. Yeah, I think that's the one thing that uh, I like about myself. Uh, but I don't want to feel rushed into making sure my patients have their questions answered. Mm -hmm. um, and if it needs to come back and we have to do a follow-up a week later or two weeks later to answer some more stuff, or we can take the conversation offline via secure messaging, that's fine too. But I want to make sure people that come in to see me have the, the time to answer questions because they care about their health. If I can keep them engaged, 
and what they want to do, the possibilities are endless. The accomplishment that they can, they can do with their health is unreal. And so I always want to make sure I give people that kind of resource. I always also tell my patients to check out the radio show because there's some awesome information on what we do each week here on Tear Health with Dr. Gene. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to switch to a session called Myths versus Facts. And this is something that I've debuted on the show for many, many, many months now. And really it's about setting the record straight. You know, at the beginning I talked about how it's important to build to build trust and deliver truth. And I really want to set the record straight when it comes to medical systems. So here we go. How it's going to work, I'm going to say a statement, and then whoever I pick on, yes, will give me a uh, yes, or they will say, sorry, um, they'll say either myth or fact, and they will tell us why. It's going to be kind of rapid fire, a little back and forth kind of thing. We're going to get through as many of these as we can with some of the time that we have left. But again, I want to do myths versus facts, marvelous medical assistance. So here's a statement. Liz Hernandez, here we go. First statement, myth or fact. A medical assistant is the same as a nurse. Uh, myth. And they, can you uh, give a little well, commentary? False. false. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, myth, yeah. yeah. False myth, same thing. Um, Triple myth. No, I mean, nurses um, have far more training. They have more schooling. They're very knowledgeable. I respect all my nurses in our office. There are people I can always come and talk to if I have any questions. So, no, medical assistants, we help out a lot with the physicians and the nurses. But definitely my heads go off for the nurses. They, they are wonderful. They have a lot more training and are skilled in various areas. All right, here we go. Liz Hark is myth or fact. Here we go. Medical assistants are simply paper pushers. Oh, that's a myth. That's definitely a triple myth. myth. Yes. <laughs> no, we are, we are so much more there. There are so many things that medical assistants do. I mean, yes, we, we do push paper, but we answer triage phone calls. We assist with procedures. We... You know, and in some offices they do phlebotomy. There's all kinds of things that medical assistants do, and, and in so many variety of, of areas. I mean, our medical assistants, you know, help create our, our entire uh, medical record system. I mean, and, and our um, you know electronic record keeping and all of that stuff. I mean, it's it's incredible some of the things that they've done. So. Excellent. Here we go, Cassidy Hope. Myth or fact? <clears throat> Medical assistants can work in a wide range of healthcare settings. That is a fact. All right, double fact, triple fact. That's triple fact. Triple fact. There yeah. you go. Excellent. <laughs> that is definitely a fact. Please explain. Yeah, so we can work in um, hospital settings. We can work in OB's office, dermatology, plastic surgery. I mean, there's no real field that we couldn't work in. Um, as long as you know we are willing to put the effort into learning, you know how that doctor or that type of practice works. Okay. Another you know, the role there. Excellent. Here we go. Next statement here, Liz Hernandez. Here we go. The market for medical assistance is declining. Oh, What's false. your thoughts? No, myth? I think it's myth. Um, I think there's um, there's. Um, we need medical assistance, I think, more than ever, um, especially since there's a lot of new clinics coming out, different departments. I think medical assistance is a growing career if you really want to pursue it, if you like working with people, if you enjoy working with people, working with providers, with doctors, helping. Um, it's a great field to get into, and it's growing. And there's no doubt about that. I will echo that. Here's a statistic from the U.S. Bureau of labor statistics, the job outlook for medical assistance from the years 2016 through 2026, it is projected at a 29% growth that equals 183,000 plus 
new jobs during this time frame. So it's hot to get into medical assistance because the job demand is there without a doubt and it's going to continue to grow. So consider that if you're out there. Here we go. Next statement, myth or fact. Liz Harkins, here we go. Being Here's a statement. Being a medical assistant and being a certified nursing assistant are two different things. That's a fact. That is a fact. They're, they are different. Um, you know, whereas we talked about previously, um, being a, a medical assistant, you can be um, a registered or, or an unregistered medical assistant versus a certified nursing assistant. You actually do have to go to schooling and get a certificate for that. Excellent. Here we go. Cassie Hope. Next statement. Myth or fact? Here's a statement. Anyone can be a medical assistant with little on-the-job training. that is a fact and the only reason I'm saying that is because I've actually witnessed um, somebody coming off the street and them actually training them to be a medical assistant and then they ended up going to be certified so I totally think that is a Fair enough. I think I think I think there's there's uh, that that's a by the way that's a tricky one, uh, and I threw that out there on purpose. I think it could go both ways. There's there's no doubt that if somebody has the passion to want to do something, and they work hard at that and have a strong work ethic, and pass the certifications, absolutely somebody can learn how to be a medical assistant, um, and go from one career to a medical assistant career. Uh, and we talked earlier that uh, there is a lot of on the job on the job training as we continue to cultivate our skills as well too. Excellent. Here we go. Myth or fact. We'll do a couple more of these. Here we go. Uh, Liz Hernandez. Here's a statement. When I visit the clinic, the person that helps me is a nurse. Um, if you're seeing the provider, you're most likely going to see the medical assistant, which is me. Um, <laughs> so a lot of the times, I know when I bring the patient back, they say, oh, are you the nurse? I'm like, no, my name's Elizabeth. I'm the certified medical assistant. Um, and so you give an but most of the time they think that you are the nurse, but no, we are the medical assistants and we're the ones that are rooming back. Usually at our clinic, the nurses will do the triaging um, or some nurse visits, but mainly when you're you're seeing the medical assistant. All right, here we go. We got one more of these. Here we go. Liz Harkins, here we go. Here's a statement. A medical assistant must work under the direction of a nurse. What's your thoughts, myth or fact? Um, either a nurse or a physician, so. Yes. Very well. We'll call that a fact. Uh, and there's no doubt that... Oh, wait, I should let you explain. <laughs> or I'll explain. All right, here, I'll take over the team. Here we go. Uh, there's no doubt that from a physician standpoint, yes, we have our medical systems that are tasked to work under us. But there's no doubt that even some of the protocols that we do in the office, uh, a nurse can educate the medical assistant on how to do a certain protocol, or sometimes a nurse may have to actually administer the protocol. So there's a little bit of a hierarchy there. There's no doubt about that. But again, we're all making sure that we do our, do our jobs we're practicing within the scope of our practice. So we have, oh yeah, please go ahead. What I also want to say about that too is that with patients, um, you know, I might think I know something about that. You know, I might, I might think I know something about their condition. I may have a lot of experience with what they're going through or that test. But the truth is, is that, you know, the doctor or the nurse is going to know how to go through that patient's history and really take a look at their chart and say, okay, yeah, that, that may be typical in most cases, but in this particular patient's case, they need this or this or this instead. So it is important that it is under the direction of a nurse or a physician. That is correct. Excellent. So we got about five minutes left, and this has just been a great show, just kind of setting the record straight, uh, not only giving medical assistants a forum to just uh, to just uh, preach about what they do, but also for you out there as, as listeners and, and viewers of the show to know 
who these people are. At some point, you're going to come to contact. When you enter into the healthcare system, one of the first clinical people you're going to meet is likely a medical assistant. So we got about five minutes left. So what I want to do is bring this on home. We talked a bit at the beginning about the chief complaint on why uh, uh, the question of the hour about what can medical systems do, how do they contribute to the collective health of this, the communities that we live in. We're going to bring it on home. We call it the assessment and plan. Uh, and that is when somebody's ready to leave the physician's office with a plan intact. they got a diagnosis in hand and a plan intact, and most importantly, a follow-up plan. So here we go. I want to ask Cassidy to help bring it on home. What are three things out there? What are just a few things that people should know about medical assistance as we close out today? Um, that we are there for their support. Not only, you know, we can always help answer questions, and, you know, if we don't know, we can always go to the doctor um, and then get back to them. Um, you know, we're there for them through every step of the way, either a procedure or whatnot. Um, and I would say that we are always caring and, you know, wanting be there no matter what. All right. Thank you. And it's been a pleasure having you on the show Thank today, you. Cassie. Cassidy. Liz Harkins, bring it on home. Give us a few couple of take-home points, what people should know out there about medical assistance. Uh, Cassie took mine. No. Um, yeah, just that, you know, we really do care about our patients, and we are your biggest liaison. Um, you know, you can come to us. You can call us. You know, we are going to be your, your biggest advocate, you know, between you and the physician, between you and the nurse, between... Um, getting you the information that you need. Um, we are not afraid to ask questions on your behalf. And, um, you know, if we don't know the answers, we're happy to get that for you. So don't ever hesitate to ask and, and you know, use us. We're here for you. Excellent. Thank you. And thank you very much, Liz Harkins, for coming on to the show today. So, Liz Hernandez, I know I'll be seeing you tomorrow in the office. There's no doubt about that. Um, hey, I want you to bring it on home. Give me a couple of take home points that are out there for people to want to know and what's important to learn about medical assistance. Um, again, just that we are there to help and assist the patient. Um, whatever you guys need, please don't feel or, or hesitate to ask. Um, uh, sometimes when they're in the room, they're a little shy, but once you got to talk to, to us, um, I think they let us know exactly what they need. So let us know what you need. Um, we will assist and help and try to get um, your needs addressed um, at a timely manner. Um, and we're just there to help and assist the provider the patient, um, just to make them feel as comfortable as possible. Don't ever be afraid to ask a question. If, again, if we don't know the answer, we know someone that will. Excellent. And my final thoughts are this. You know, there's nothing that's off topic when it comes to your health. Your medical assistants are highly skilled allied health professionals. They, they are the, the, the advocate, again, as I mentioned earlier, like the Batman as the doc, the, the Robin as the medical assistant. They are your advocate. They are your liaison. They are the physician's right hand. And I want you to feel comfortable telling medical assistants what's, your, what's been bothering you in order to get that information then to be communicated to your physician. So you've got to start there. But I also want to just kind of say this. Again, medical assistants are out there. They're, they're working hard. The women and men that are medical assistants, they're proud to call themselves medical assistants, and they're proud to contribute to the health of our communities that we serve. So this has been a pleasure having our medical assistants here today, uh, uh, Elizabeth Hernandez, Elizabeth Harkins, and Cassidy Hope. Again, I thank you all for coming on to the show today. Hey, out there, you guys have been listening and watching live on Facebook, intellectualradio.com. This episode is written by Mark D. Gomez, MD, and Tiffany E.R. Gomez. Producer is Tiffany E.R. Gomez. Music is by the wonderful Mr. Havis. Copyright 2019 by MDG Wellness, LLC. All rights reserved. Stay tuned for my next episode. 
Next week, the title is Paging the OBGYN. Hey, everybody have a great day. Take care and peace out.